I'm Bob Brill. He's Eric Kramer. And welcome to Kramer and Brill, a fantasy football podcast, and now a video cast as well. Here we are in our second season. You can hear the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Lipsum, Radio.com, and wherever you get your podcasts. And now you can also see the video cast on YouTube by going to my Bob Brill YouTube channel. Or you can find the links for all of this at KramerandBrill.com. We suggest you go there. That's the easiest way. So we'll take a look at how we did for you, a look at this week's games, who's trending, and a brand new feature, Ask the Quarterback. Each week, we'll select a fan who writes in to ask Eric a fantasy football-related question. We'll bring the fan on the video cast to ask that question directly. And you can be that fan by simply emailing us at brillpro at gmail.com. That's brillpro at gmail.com. You can see it right on your screen right there. Now, we like the Patriots' defense, and they only gave up 11 points. We liked Aaron, both Aaron Rodgers and Kirk Cousins. And uh, you had a comment about uh, Aaron Rodgers, I'm sure, right? <laughs> I, I thought it was going to go off. I didn't know like that. But, so that makes me a little nervous moving forward because we still have to play them a couple times this year. Well, they both had big days, as did Lamar Jackson with 275, three t- touchdowns and no picks. We liked Ezekiel Elliott, 96 yards, three catches and a pair of TDs. Josh Allen, 312 yards, two scores, no picks, another 57 yards and a TD rushing. Uh, Tom Brady in Tampa Bay, he had 239 yards, two scores, two picks, and a running touchdown. First touchdown he scores, or they score in his new uniform, Tom takes it in himself. Looking old, you think? Very, unfortunately, you know, at, uh, I did not expect him. I think we talked about this. I did not, I've not expected him to have a great fantasy football season, but I didn't think it would look as bad as it did starting out. Well, I was high on Phillip Rivers and he threw for 363 and a touchdown to those two interceptions. Uh, that's kind of filler, Phillip Rivers MO though. It has been lately, you know, he's kind of now in that new old guys quarterback club. And uh, unfortunately I think his play Maybe the last couple of years has been starting to fall off a little bit. And although for the most part, he looked pretty good. He did have those two picks, which, which uh, cost them. Well, I think we settled the big Ben question. Is Roethlisberger looked really good in his return. And Benny Snell is a pickup this week for sure after his 113-yard performance in place of James Conner, who was injured. Uh, DK Metcalf, four catches for 95 and a touch. You know I like this guy. Who doesn't like this guy? This is He's built, obviously, to be a great receiver. And coming along great, as we've talked about, kind of probably too much, but he's probably the best receiver Russell Wilson's ever had. Um, and obviously those two are going to put up great numbers, not only this year, but in the future as well. Well, Calvin Ridley had nine catches, 130 pair of scores. On the downside, Odell Beckham, three catches, 22 yards. And I started him in my league, and I wish I hadn't. That, to me, Brown's offensive players that don't do well, that is Baker Mayfield related. Yeah. Great day for DeAndre Hopkins in his new home in Arizona. 14 catches, 151 yards. My goodness. Yeah, I mean, great pickup, obviously. A questionable one that the Texans let get away. One of the best receivers in the league, if not the best. And uh, the fact that they paired him now with Kyler Murray. And you still got Larry Fitzgerald, who really no one heard from that game. But there's still big things to come from him, I think, also. Alvin Kamara, three touchdowns. Devonta Adams, 14 catches, 156, two scores. Josh Jacobs continued his run, 93 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, Eric, uh, your thoughts uh, on this week? Well, I think that uh, starting with the AFC, the Chiefs somehow looked even better than they did the last couple of years, offensively anyway. And uh, maybe it's uh, Edwards Hilaire that's the missing link or, you know, he was breaking tackles. Of course, he was running through holes that, there was no one to tackle him for eight or 10 yards down the field. 
Uh, and I think sticking in the AFC, you know, you're Steelers. I got to pat you on the back for this. And obviously we talked going in, they've got one of, if not the best defense in the league. Now with Roethlisberger back and healthy, and uh, you mentioned Benny Snell, the two of them together offensively, and Juju Smith-Suster was fantastic. Um, you know, they're going to be tough to beat all the way through the season. It, obviously, Ben Roethlisberger needs to stay healthy there. Um, I think uh, Cam Newton, you know, surprised me. I think it surprised me that he got the job, but the fact that he did and came out so strong, I think gave gives Belichick now uh, a trump card that he hasn't had maybe ever as a as a head coach there in New England and uh you know both running the ball throwing the ball Cam Newton looked fantastic um you know I think switching over to the NFC you know the Seahawks looked phenomenal I mean they beat I think a good Atlanta Falcons team and that game was over by the beginning of the fourth quarter um and I think uh uh Aaron Rodgers I think Again, I mean, it, he looked like the MVP Aaron Rodgers of the league like he did several years ago. Uh, and, I, and I think he's back in that equation this year. Uh, can he be that guy? That, no question. I mean, they, they didn't get him any help offensively. They drafted a quarterback in the first round in uh, Jordan Love, and yet Rodgers went out there and kind of took it out on the Vikings. And uh, I think he made a statement that at least I listened to. And uh, I think – you know, uh, I think another guy that surprised me a little bit, uh, not a lot, was Josh Allen. Um, I liked the way he came on last year and, you know, did it mostly running the ball. He, he made, uh, you know, some good consistent throws, but accuracy was a big factor last year. It doesn't look to be that way this year. At least he's cut down, I think, um, on some of those bad throws. Uh, and obviously he's progress now where he can check off at the line of scrimmage. In fact, the one little quick screen that he threw for a touchdown where Josh Brown didn't get touched was a check where he got out of a certain play against the blitz and then threw the pass against the blitz that actually scored. So I think that those are things that stood out to me as, as you know, things that uh, were of note anyway after this last weekend. Let's take a look at the trending list heading up the uh, up direction. Benny Snell, Josh Allen, Aaron Rodgers, Malcolm Brown, the Rams, Cam Newton, Philip Rivers, Melvin Gordon had a good day, and Zeke Elliott as well as Ridley and Jameson Crowder. Uh, downtrending, Odell Beckham, Matt Breida, Tom Brady, and Gronkowski didn't really do anything. And James Conner, we'll talk about him a little bit, uh, a little bit later due to the fact that uh, there was an injury. Uh, now, this is the new segment. Before we get to uh, this week's games, it's our time for Ask the quarterback segment. It's a brand new uh, segment today. We welcome in Dave Ray, who's a big fantasy player from Colorado. Uh, Dave, uh, welcome to the show. Tell us uh, a little bit about yourself. Hey, uh, um, uh, well, I live out here in Colorado, so I'm a big Broncos fan. But, uh, you know, we're, we're really liking fantasy football. I'm a, more of a, um, I like dynasty. I'm in a couple of leagues. And it's, uh, you know, one that I've been in for over 10 years. And it's a lot of fun to uh, follow these players and their careers and, you know, all that. And so that's really kind of the extent of my, uh, my uh, fan, you know, or my fandom is uh, in the Dynasty Leagues. Well, welcome to the show. And uh, so what would you like to ask Eric today? Well, um, as a former uh, NFL quarterback, what, are the, what do you think the traits or the characteristics that you look for when you're drafting or maybe trading for a long-term Dynasty quarterback? 
Uh, Dave, I think that's a great question. And it's one that's eluded a lot of uh, NFL executives over the years, right? There's a lot of busts that people make on quarterbacks. Right. Um, some work out, some don't, a lot don't. But I think to me, in, in playing this game and studying it now for several, a long time, really, um, the things that stand out, the traits, the intangible traits that stand out to me, um, back when I played, it was guys like Joe Montana and Steve Young and Warren Moon, Brett Favre. Uh, a lot of these guys were, in fact, Favre and Moon were both in the division I played in, in the NFC North. And um, I think what stands out is guys today, the Mahomes, uh, Watson, uh, even Aaron Rodgers still, they play the game kind of where they're – they see the game before it happens. So there's a level of anticipation, uh, which requires them to read defenses on the move, uh, accuracy, durability. They got to stick around a while. They got – and I think maybe the most important thing is, Dave, their ability to, in key moments in the game, they're calm under pressure. They just look like they're doing it in their backyard. Yeah. And I think that's what kind of sets some of these quarterbacks apart from others where, uh, you know, the way I look at it right now, Josh Allen, here's a guy that has just in basically one year and one game shown me that uh, he's got what it takes to really develop. I mean, Obviously, he had a lot to start with talent-wise last year, just himself. But then he's obviously now, I think, grown into the quarterback, the builds of what we're hoping for, in that, you know, he's starting to do some, as I referred to, checks at the line of scrimmage to get out of one play and into a better play. Uh, he's making more accurate throws. He's throwing with anticipation. Watching him, watching his feet move in conjunction with his eyes, there's no hesitation with the ball coming out. Another guy that I put in that category is Daniel Jones with the Giants. Um, there's a couple of young guys, I think, right there that, you know, you like to play dynasty fantasy yeah. football. There's a couple of guys there that you could put in the mix for yourself, possibly. Uh, even Joe Burrow in one game as a rookie. He didn't look like a rookie. In fact, he looked like a guy that's been doing this quite a while. And uh, those numbers that he put up in college indicate that he, he does know what he's doing. So, Dave, that, that answer your question for you? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I, you know, I, I really – what the hell's going on with Baker Mayfield? That's <laughs> – noticed. What was going on with Baker Mayfield was yeah. why they drafted him first overall to yeah. begin with. He didn't get worse. He's just – he's what he is. And, uh, and, and I think more importantly, the guys around him, like Odell Beckham, he didn't get worse. You know, he's just a victim of the guys, the system he's playing, quarterback by the quarterback that's throwing. Yeah, that makes sense. Makes perfect sense. Thanks a lot. All right, Dave. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate you, you uh, really appreciate joining us uh, in our, our first uh, Ask the Quarterback segment. Thank you. You got it. Remember, if you'd like to ask the quarterback, just email me at brillpro at gmail.com. You can see it right there on your screen. We'll, we'll select you. If we select you, we'll bring you in on the show next week. Brillpro at gmail.com. Now, let's get to this week's games. Uh, Bengals and Browns. I like Joe Burrow. You just mentioned him. Joe Mixon here. I don't like anyone else. Definitely not Odell. Well, and, and I think you pointed out uh, Burrow. I mean, he just looks so... I, I think poised is the right word for him. And he's obviously talented. He knows what offense he's running. He knows where to go with the ball right away. One of the things that stood out to me is the quarterback draw that they ran in the red zone where it's just he gets through and he gets ahead of his own center, who's really supposed to be the guy blocking the middle linebacker. Burrow gets ahead of him but then waits. 
and pauses for him, the center to get back in front, make the block, and then springs him for a walk-in touchdown. Those are the type of things I think that set Joe Burrow apart. And I think Joe Mixon's one of the better running backs too. Um, I think the issue for me with the Browns, I just mentioned is Baker Mayfield. And that's why it's really hard for me to pair up anybody offensively as a weapon because Baker Mayfield right at this point in time is so inconsistent. Then you look to the running game and they've got two running backs, both Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt are good, not only as running backs, but as pass receivers out of the backfield. But it's almost like the San Francisco 49ers of last year where they had almost too many running backs, a great running game in general, but then who's going to show up as a fantasy owner of one of those running backs? You don't know who's going to show up and who's not. So I think this game kind of I would steer away from everybody on the field in the Browns, but maybe the Bengals as far as their quarterback or running back would be a good play. Jaguars-Titans, uh, Derrick Henry, of course. Tannehill, more than serviceable, approved that uh, the other night. And I like D.J. Clark on the Jags, and, of course, I like the defense. Still not sold on Corey Davis, but I do like Jonu Smith. Well, thanks for mentioning Jonu Smith. That's a guy that I would have thrown in there that, you know, he came up. He's just a he's, – he's one of those hybrid-type tight ends where he can play down, uh, you know, offside, off the tackle, or they can split him outside, throw him some slant routes and even down the field routes that your normal receivers are going to run. Plus, he got a, a red zone touchdown last week, which shows me that as Tannehill progresses, which he obviously did this last game, he's going to be coming to rely more and more on Johnny Smith. And as we talk about, the better that running game and, uh, and Derrick Henry do, the better the downfield passing game that comes off of play action. You know, the Panthers and Bucks. we got the Bucks defense. They look solid. Uh, they should be, again, only, uh, so only uh, I think McCaffrey is a solid play for the Panthers. Uh, got to like Brady to rebound in Tampa. Uh, maybe you don't think so. And Ronald Jones, I think, is at least a flex play. Yeah, I, I think that, uh, again, McCaffrey, I think, is a good play. The, the Bucks, you're right. Defensively, they're very good. Um, and uh, I think, you know, offensively, though, what comes into question for me is I know Teddy Bridgewater, it's been a while since he's played a lot and he did come in and play well at times for the Saints replacing Drew Brees, but as an every down player, every down, every game starter, to me, this past game, he looked a little inaccurate on throws where he didn't have anybody in his face necessarily. And the ball was a little off target. Instead of it being a, a catch in a long run, it was a receiver drop. And now it's second and 10 when it should have been first and 10, 20 yards more down the field at least. So, um, and I think you're right. Brady to me is not the Brady of 13, 14 years ago when he was setting records with Randy Moss. It's the Tom Brady now where he's not just missing receivers. He's throwing so far behind him, like that out route he tried to throw, I think it was to Mike Evans, that ended up resulting in a pick six touchdown, which by the way, he's thrown three of those, or three games in a row, he's thrown a pick six. I don't see Brady coming out of that because the throws that I saw him missing and the decisions I saw him making aren't the ones that, you know, an elite quarterback in this league makes at this point. I guess that's being 41 years old too, even if you're Tom Brady, right? Well, I think he's, if I'm not mistaken, I think he's 43, 41 or 43. It's still, he's older now. He's, he was playing this game as a Patriot before a lot of the guys he's playing against now were born. <laughs> That's true. 
Bronco Steelers, Red Roethlisberger, Juju Smith-Schuster, their definite place. Benny Snell's, of course, uh, the defense. And you want to sit James Conner and watch the injury wire here. Uh, Melvin Gordon looked good on Monday night, but Pittsburgh's D will focus on him just like they did when they shut down Saquon Barkley. So I'd move him to a flex if you can. Uh, Drew Locke looked good, but this could be a tough week for him too. Yeah, I think, you know, we, I think, got it right in the beginning. The Steelers' defense is elite. Even Roethlisberger said this is the best one he's ever played in with Pittsburgh, and he's played in a lot of great – or played alongside a lot of great defenses. And uh, Benny Snell obviously did a great job and is going to continue to. Um, and I think the Broncos, you know, all week this week, they're going to be distracted, I believe, by their coach, Vic Fangio, now going to have to answer questions all week as to why – he managed the clock so poorly at the end of that game and didn't use any timeouts. And the Titans just methodically marched the ball down the field, kicked the field goal, game's over. And I think that's going to take some heat off of the Bronco players, but still they're going to come up against a pretty good team. So, um, you know, I, I like the Steelers in this one and I like all their offensive weapons as well. You got to wonder what was going through Fangio's head. I mean, was he thinking that, okay, they're going to run out the clock, run out of time and not thinking he needed to get the ball back with some time. It was, it was just kind of really confusing as, you know, maybe it was first game of the year jitters. Maybe it's like the, it's going to take him longer to learn how to manage the clock. Like it did uh, Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin had a lot of criticism early in his uh, career because of that too. That could be. I mean, he did talk about, Fangio did talk about after the game what he was thinking and what he was thinking. No one else agreed with that's the way to go about managing the clock at the end of a game because you're talking about a team and running the ball that it's at the end of the game. They have the advantage. They can melt the clock. They're going to get first downs and chew up all the clock and kick the field goal game over. At least had they traded field goals, they would have won, not tied. And that just uh, that didn't make any sense to me or I think a lot of people watching. Rams and Eagles. Malcolm Brown seems to be the go-to guy, but Akers, the rookie, was solid as well for a first game out. Higby and Robert Woods are definite plays. I was a little disappointed in Higby. Didn't uh, get the ball thrown to him enough. But uh, Rams D looks solid as well. Eagles stick with Wentz and Ertz. And uh, Boston Scott is intriguing to me. Well, yeah, and I think, you know, the Rams, to me, defensively, um, what a game they played, which to me speaks a lot to the new defensive coordinator they have who replaced Wade Phillips. Here's a guy that was a linebacker coach for the Bears for a couple years and for the Broncos for one year. So he's had three NFL years worth of coaching experience, and now he takes over the defense coordinator spot and basically shuts down the Cowboys. So holds them to 17 points. I think that's a great testimony to uh, the guy that they replaced uh, Wade Phillips with. And then offensively, I think the Rams are just going to keep growing. Certainly, they don't have Todd Gurley, but Todd Gurley last year was hurt, and maybe the, maybe they relied on him a little too much or couldn't rely on him enough. And now with Malcolm uh, Brown, I think in the red zone at least, he's the guy that they're going to run to or turn to because he ran so effectively. 49ers, Jets, Crowder, but Le'Veon Bell, really pedestrian. He's now up, uh, out for up to six weeks with a hammy injury. So that means Frank Gore is in play. Uh, I ended up picking Frank Gore up last night because I, I need a healthy running back uh, for my fantasy team. And for the Niners, it's the D and Kittle, but also watch the injury list on Kittle too. And I, I do like Garoppolo here. Uh, first, let me just say, talk about the Jets for a second in that um, one of the things I think as a fantasy owner uh, is you have to keep in mind, you're not just drafting a player with talent like a Frank Gore. 
you're also drafting the system they, they operate in, the coach they play for. And I think with Adam Gase, you know, he's right now on a very hot seat there as a coach with the Jets in that he's supposed to be an offensive guru, and yet offensively the Jets seem to be tanking. Um, and uh, even defensively, Jamal, Jamal Adams, their best player on the team, left and is now, be, is now the same Jamal Adams he was with the Jets, only now he's doing it with the Seahawks. And uh, that's why I think as offensively, if I'm a fantasy owner, I'm nervous to play the Jets players offensively right now just because of that. They, they just they're no, don't seem to be in sync other than Jameson Crowder, who in the slot proves to be a mismatch for about anyone they play. Bills and Dolphins, I'd say stick with Josh Allen, John Brown, Stephon Diggs, and the D should do well. You want to check the injury wires for Devontae Parker as he went out with a hamstring injury as well. Yeah, and, um, you know, I think you mentioned uh, the Bills, all solid. Uh, you know, the, the addition of Stephon Diggs was huge. But I think the reason they're so good uh, fantasy p- football-wise as choices to play is because of the play of Josh Allen. And um, he – this was game one, remember. He's only going to get better, and the Dolphins' defense isn't any better than uh, the, the, the Jets' defense. So I think, again, they're going to have another good week offensively. And I think uh, on the opposite side of the ball, uh, the Dolphins don't, you know, themselves offensively don't look that sharp. Fitzpatrick came up with three interceptions uh, the first game out of the box, and now they're playing another good defense in the Bills. You know, if he has another performance like the first one, we could be watching uh, our, the tour watch would be officially on, I think, there in Miami. You know, the Vikings and Colts, I uh, got a lot to recommend here. I, the Vikings D wasn't as good as expected, and Phillip Rivers was better than expected. Uh, so I'd stick with them. Kirk Cousins and Thielen, also solid as they come. Niam Hines had a solid pick here, as uh, well as most of the Colts receivers. Yeah, and I to go back to uh, – uh, the Vikings for a second. Um, Cousins did have a solid day, although not spectacular. Um, uh, the running back, uh, um, oh, oh uh, Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook didn't have a great game, didn't have a bad game, didn't have a great game. And I think Thielen has to be looked at now with Stefan Diggs no longer in Minnesota. Thielen's going to be really more productive this year as he was this, this past game with uh, what, nearly 100 or over 100 yards passing or receiving and then a couple of touchdowns. And the one guy we haven't mentioned uh, so far is Kyle Rudolph, who last year became a big red zone threat and connection um, for touchdown passes. So he's a guy that came up empty last week. This week might be a good play for him as well. And you like uh, NC State players, I know. So, <laughs> Well, <laughs> yes, Phillip Rivers, you were right. He did have a much better game than I thought he would have. Uh, but he also had a couple of interceptions, which – you know, I think over the course of a season, you have to kind of take that into account too, especially if you're in one of those leagues where interceptions hurt you as a quarterback. I didn't know Nyam Hines came out of NC State. He certainly did. Yep. He's got some speed too, man. And yeah, no, I, I like him. I, yeah. I've always and he's kind, kind of that him. type of running back now that are very productive in a lot of different offenses. The guy that's, a, you know, he's good uh, with the ball in his hands in the backfield uh, as a running back, but he's also productive as a receiver. And that's Naheem Hines because he's got so much speed to go with it. 
Well, Lions Packers, of course, you got Rodgers, Devontae Adams, Marquez Valdez, Scanling, who we talked a lot about as he was coming up last year. Alan Lazard, Aaron Jones, you know, pick them. Uh, all good starts. Matt Stafford, of course. TJ Hawkinson went off big time, but he went off big time in game one of last year and then kind of trailed out after that. Uh, he might be ready, but don't blame us if he falls off against the pack in week two. Adrian Peterson, 93 yards in a day, so I kind of like him as well. Right? I thought this Lions running game was supposed to be on Johnson and DeAndre Swift, and then they get, what, six carries between the both of them. Right. And then uh, it's Adrian Peterson, who looked like the Adrian Peterson of old and was running through gaping holes. So that's not something I think Lions fans have been accustomed to, at least not over the years anyway. And so I think that even though they lost this game to the Bears, the Lions moving forward, I think they're only going to get better, and they've got a lot to work with. Uh, as far as um, uh, the, the, the Packers go, obviously Aaron Rodgers right now is, I guess for lack of a better word, uh, trying to make a statement. He did it in week one. There's no reason to think he's going to slow down. He doesn't look like it, even though he is uh, age-wise, he doesn't look like he belongs in the old man quarterback club right now. That's true. You know, uh, Falcons, Cowboys, you got Ridley, Julio, Jones, Gage, all had over 100 yards receiving. Three guys over 100 yards. Maybe not more of the same, but could be. Matt Ryan, of course, solid on the Cowboys. Look for Zeke to continue, as well as Amari Cooper. Uh, we do like C.D. Lamb, but not sure about Dak Prescott. If you have another good one, I would sit him, only because it just it, uh, things just don't seem to be clicking for him. But I, I know you've got a different opinion on that one. Well, it's early. You know, and, and they showed uh, after the game, they showed where C.D. Lamb on a fourth down ran a route across the field where he didn't get far enough up the field in order to get the first down because he got tackled so quickly. And they thought, well, had they put Amari Cooper in that situation, things would have been different because he would have run the route different. Maybe true. I think to go back to the Falcons, though, um, a lot of the yards that got piled up and a lot of the points that got scored by the Falcons all came in the fourth quarter. By then the game was already over. Um, But there's no doubt they do have this. They do have talent. They got a great quarterback in Matt Ryan. They've got very talented receivers on the outside, a good running game now with Todd Gurley. So I wouldn't steer away from anybody with the Falcons. And uh, uh, I think that the Cowboys You know, I think, again, here's the situation we're in Dallas this week. Uh, I think Jerry Jones, as much as anybody, can take some heat. Certainly Mike McCarthy is going to be taking some heat. And I think it's going to give players like Dak Prescott and and Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb and Ezekiel Elliott, it's going to give those guys a chance to kind of, you know, settle back in, get back to doing what they've always done well, which is run the football and play action passes, they get back on that track again, and they'll start winning games. You know, we got the Giants and Bears, too, and I'm going to jump in here real quick first because uh, uh, Trubisky looked like he may be yet the guy. Uh, Anthony Miller is the guy. David Montgomery should be a solid pick against the Giants. Daniel Jones, Darius Slayton, strong starts. I've liked uh, Slayton a lot, and I really do like Barkley to uh, rebound here, but you might want to be wary anyway. Well, I was going to say about – you know, the, the Giants have been, I think, in terms of the draw, the early draw of the schedule, their first two games, the defenses they get, the Steelers and the Bears. I mean, you couldn't pick, as an offense, two worse defenses, two better defenses to go against, but fantasy football-wise, two worse ones. And so I don't know that this is going to be the week that Saquon Barkley uh, rebounds. 
Um, not that he's going to have necessarily a bad game, but again, he's got a great defense he's going against. Daniel Jones, as we talked about, might not have great fantasy numbers against the Steelers, but he showed me anyway, and I think he showed a lot of people that he's got those intangible qualities that we talked about earlier in the show today. He's got uh, an ability to anticipate throws, to um, be accurate with the throw. He's got an ability to be calm under pressure at key moments in games. And I think that's going to show up again this week against the Bears, which again makes, to me, their passing game, uh, you know, and the people in it, the receivers in it, good fantasy football plays, along with Daniel Jones himself. Uh, Chiefs Chargers, anyone on the Chiefs is a solid starter, at least a flex. I think Chargers, uh, maybe Austin Eckler, and really that's about it. Yeah, um, you know, the Chiefs, uh, you know, we talked about it before how uh, maybe Edward Solaire was the key ingredient, but of course they won the Super Bowl last year, so they weren't hurting too bad offensively. And they've got a great play caller and head coach and Andy Reid. Uh, the Chargers, I think the, the guy that stood out to me um, that made a big difference was Tyrod Taylor. And he looked athletic. He made good decisions. He threw the ball accurately. Um, and I think you mentioned uh, Eckler as a good option. And, you know, he, going back to last year, uh, not just running the ball, but catching the ball out of the backfield, lining him up at receiver. He gives you some good options offensively as well. You know, Ravens, Texas, uh, you got two of the three best young quarterbacks in the league here. You can start either Watson or Jackson. Mark Andrews is a go at tight end. Marquise Brown at wide out in the defense. Well, for the Texans, it's an obvious uh, David Johnson and Will, uh, Will Fuller here. Like you said, I agree with you on both these quarterbacks. They, they not only produce themselves numbers and significant ones for fantasy football, but they make everybody around them, you know, a key player as well and uplift their stats also. Um, and I think if you, uh, uh, you know, you look to Mark Ingram last week, he really didn't show up and do a whole bunch. But if you look at last year, Mark Ingram was there consistently every single game. And I think they're going to get back to that. This week, or this past week, J.K. Dobbins ended up having two touchdowns. So between the two of them and Lamar Jackson, if you consider him part of the running game too, which he is, then they've got great options running the ball. They've got, uh, you know, Marquise Brown at receiver. And, uh, Mark Andrews, of course, at tight end. And uh, there's a lot of good options there. And then on the other side with the Texans, Deshaun Watson does the same thing for their offense. And they've got weapons as well, although minus one in – DeAndre Hopkins. Um, but I think Deshaun Watson, again, no matter who you put out there, he's going to make everybody uh, that's, that is around him more viable, even especially as a fantasy football league. Uh, if you're an owner of any of the, of, of the Texans or um, uh, uh, the uh, Ravens in this game, offensively, you're happy. Patriot Seahawks, I do like Cam Newton here, but I'm not sold on Edelman as a starting player, but only as a flex player because I'm not that sold on Cam Newton. And I do start the Patriots D and, of course, Russell Wilson, Lockett, and Metcalf for all starts. Well, okay, focus on Cam Newton for just a second. Uh, I brought this up earlier how Bill Belichick himself has never had a quarterback like a Cam Newton where, I mean, he was running through gaping holes as a running back, which – were designed for him to run through. They never had that with Tom Brady. And yeah. he can also read coverages and also throw accurately too. So I think as the season goes on, it's going to be interesting to see how Cam develops within that system and underneath that coach. And I think it's going to be a good fit. Um, and I do think Edelman, because he's really their primary target, he is going to be a good play like he was last week, fantasy football wise. Um, and I think that's, 
you know, it's interesting because this is sort of a, from a historical perspective, you got, okay, is Brady going to do as well under a new coach with a new team? And is Belichick going to do as good without Brady? And I think the answer so far, Belichick seems to be doing okay. And the Patriots look good, both offensively and defensively. And yet I don't, I can't say the same though for Tampa Bay right now. Saints and Raiders, Josh Jacobs, a real deal in Las Vegas. And that sounds so weird to say. Uh, Derek Carr is good enough. It's like saying Los Angeles Raiders again. Henry Ruggs looks like the player they drafted. So it's start him. Start Breeze and Kamara, certainly along with Michael Thomas. I do like Jared Cook, plus Emmanuel Sanders should break out this week. So if you also, if you have Latavius Murray, he is at least a flex play this week. Yeah. And I think, you know, the, the Saint Drew Brees, you know, they obviously they played a good Bucks defense, but uh, Drew Brees was solid, wasn't spectacular, but did have a couple of touchdown passes. And I think, um, you know, they're so creative offensively. Peyton's got a lot of weapons. Um, uh, is, I forget the other name of the quarterback. It's, uh, I guess, what, third team now, but ends up playing a lot on special teams and came in and threw a flea flicker and or actually receiver pass. Um, and I think that's, you know, the Saints are kind of, They've always got plenty of options. They got a great play caller. Um, Peyton just keeps pushing the envelope on how good they can be offensively and the numbers they put up, and they're always solid. Um, and I think the Raiders, uh, you know, with Gruden, I mean, watching that Carolina game, they look solid start to finish. I mean, Carolina looked good, but the Raiders look very good on both sides of the ball, and they've got plenty of weapons. So, like you said, Henry Ruggs is the guy they drafted. He's got plenty of speed, but – I think Darren Waller is the guy people need to keep track of because he's probably as good as any of the tight ends in the league that get all the notoriety, which, so which is Kittle and Kelsey. And I think Darren Waller belongs in that same conversation. All right. And there you have it. Kramer and Brill, fantasy football podcast, now a video cast as well. Week two is here. You can hear the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Lipsum, Radio.com, and wherever you get your podcasts. And now you can also see the video cast on YouTube by going to my Bob Brill YouTube channel or by finding all the links for all this at Kramerandbrill.com. That's the easiest way. That's what we suggest. And don't forget about our brand new feature, Ask the Quarterback. Each week, we will select a fan who writes in to ask Eric a fantasy football-related question. We'll bring the fan on to the video podcast to ask that question directly and you can be that fan by simply emailing us at grillpro at gmail.com that's grillpro at gmail.com for my co-host eric kramer i'm bob grill thanks for joining us we'll see you next time